welcome to WonderPod, episode 172. That's right, marching steadily onward, well, to oblivion, but episode 200 as well. We're back to a full roster. I'm not sure if that matters or doesn't matter. I've not polled the audience, because the audience is silent. Um, joining me this week, as he always does, or as he is again, he's back in Louisiana, it's Glacinator. Yes, I'm in the back land of heat and fried chicken, so I am home. Yes, getting I'm fat f- and sweaty. Fat. <laughs> You've only been back about four days, haven't it? What has it been? About I have. Five I, I mean, I was in New Orleans. Probably, I got in last Friday, so. Oh, so it's I've, been about a week. I've already effect, I felt the effects of the food here, so. Think about that as, as you will. It's, <laughs> it's kind of hard. It, it, well, I'm going to assume it was similar to my uh, California body's initial reaction to food in Alabama, um, which was hit or miss. It, as Lake Glacier said, think about that all you want. Uh, also joining us, as he always does, it's John. Hey, hey, everybody. And turns out you can be... Fat and sweaty up up north in Newfoundland just as much as you can in Louisiana. Believe me, I know. It's a different kind of sweaty, though, or hot. <laughs> we don't need to go into weather pot again, but I'm sure if he told us, John or Glacier and I would be going boo. Um, was it the temperature? Yeah. Oh, it's oh, yeah. I won't even bother because it was freezing yesterday. It was actually single-digit temperatures for a little while yesterday. Yeah, it's it, it. It feels like actually out here in California that that uh, fall's coming a little early, but we always get this false, you know, not super decent temps, but not boiling hot like I was describing several shows back, and then it gets really hot again before mm-hmm. fall finally shows up. And in Louisiana, it pretty much stays sweaty like raviolis or whatever it was. Glazner said on Facebook. Um, <laughs> So, what we've been playing is going to be a sad affair again. Um, unfortunately, my finances are going to other things, so I was not able to pick up Saints Row 4. It's, it, that, that is one game, John, we were talking before show about all the free games and low-cost games John's been snagging on console. That is one game. It's a top priority. As soon as I have the extra 60 bucks to spend, Saints Row 4 will be mine. Um, it's getting really good reviews, and it sounds like they picked, they picked it up from some of the failings of three or wait a minute are they on four i think so one two yeah yeah it's four so we shall see so john if you'd like to start us off what have you been playing this week sure uh i've been playing a lot of my wii wii u uh lately um last night or this past weekend i played a a a lot of runner two again um that game i've been Sitting on World 1 forever because it has so much, what I'll call, OCD stuff to do. I mean, there's leaderboards with your friends for, for, for the points. There's characters to unlock. There's costumes to unlock. There are secret exits in every world. And and where it's an infinite runner and, you know, your restart, if you, if you fail your, the level and it's, and it's, you know, do it again, you know... Um, it starts over really quickly, so it's always one more level, one more level, one more level before bed, and and 
and it got to a point where I just had to say, screw. Oh, yeah. There's also these retro levels that you can find that you warp to this 8 bit version of, 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 a, of, a run, of a runner level. And, um, you know, those are scattered around. There are keys which could you which unlock different pathways. Like, there's so much stuff to find in these simple levels. And then they keep feeding you more uh, inputs. So, right now, Almost every button on my on my gamepad I'm using in some way, except for maybe the left analog stick, and um, and the triggers. Uh, they all do different actions. Whether that's jump, slide, block uh, a uh, an incoming projectile, or uh, run around in a circle on this on this on a loop on a loop to loop kind of thing. So you're constantly being bombarded with these inputs that you have to put in in the right order. So you know if you're to a certain extent, if you fail at a level, you're having to to, to kind of memorize it as as you keep failing. Because uh, I'm trying to play it on normal. I, I don't I don't really dare to play it on on uh, on what it's what it calls is hard because um, it's just craziness. It's just, it's just absolutely the biggest clusterfuck you ever saw. Uh, <laughs> trying to get through them sometimes, but they got to a point where I said, okay, enough of the of the unlocks. If I get them, I get them. If I don't, I don't. And I actually got to world two. So that actually felt like a major accomplishment to uh, to get past. And uh, so yeah, and it's still a great game. I like the, I love the music. I love the style. I love the the sense of humor. So it's on every platform. So I do recommend it to anybody who who if you see it on sale, pick it up. It's actually on sale on Wii U right now. Uh, if you have a Wii, if you're one of the lucky few who have a Wii U. <laughs> so anyway, um, on from that, I played some Pikmin three. Now I, I didn't play a lot of it. Um, there's a challenge mode where I, I fought some bosses with Peter cheering me on. Uh, the, some that Wanda have already uh, unlocked. She is an, she is enamored with the game. Uh, she want she has this exam uh, coming up on Saturday, and she does not. Well, I guess any student would say the same thing. I'd rather play video games than study. But she, uh, you know, she's been waiting for Pikmin three since we had a GameCube, and she's has not been disappointed. And so. Her enthusiasm has made me want to play it myself. But one thing that we ha- I didn't consider is that my profile on the Wii U is the default one. And when she popped in the disc and started playing it, she played it under my profile. And I made this little bitch complaint on Twitter about how it didn't have multiple game saves. Well, if you have a different profile on the Wii U, the same, the same kind of way you'd have it on, on Xbox and PS3... Uh, if you have a different profile, it's a it's a new game save, and I I really didn't consider that when she started it up, and she's on day thirty of the game, which and 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 each each day is like I think it's like twenty minutes or so, so she's she's pretty far into the game, and I haven't figured out a way to transfer my game save into her game save yet. I I, I haven't played around with it too much, but I really wish I could so I can start up my own. You know what I'm saying? Um. And have it for myself. But yeah, Pikmin 3 is beautiful. I mean, it's the kind of stuff that, you know, that you kind of... I wish this kind of stuff was on on Xbox and PS3, like in terms of the colors and the vibrancy and the and just the... It's not so much that the, that the graphics, you know... I mean, they're, they're really, really pretty, and some of the water effects are really fantastic. But it's not like it's the kind of game that's going to revolutionize, you know, gaming or you know, because the Wii U is comparable. I think it's a bit more powerful than the 360 and PS3, but not as powerful as the new ones coming, of course. But but it's really pretty, and but it's everything is vibrant and everything is lush, and you know, and there's 
you know, you, you walk around with 100 Pikmin at your command. And so there's all these characters going on on screen, and they're all in high definition, highly detailed. All those Pikmin, a lot of times, are doing individual things. Like, they're not just... They're following you, but then if you, like, stop for a minute, some Pikmin will do this, and some Pikmin will do that. And then you send... You throw some red guys over there to fight one guy while you send another... Uh, one of the leaders with another with another pack of Pikmin to do you know to break down a wall. So there's there's so much multitasking and things going on on the screen at one time. Um, I mean I don't I can't I cannot say whether Xbox or PS3 couldn't handle that, but it's definitely like there's never a hiccup in the in the frame rate or the game at all. It's perfectly smooth all the time. So you know it's it, it's it's really good game. Um, I. F- I played the Wonderful 101 demo in its entirety this time. I mentioned it before on the show that I, I booted it up and it was just complete chaos. Um, but this time I stuck through it and there isn't a whole lot of a, of a major tutorial at the beginning to kind of throw you in. They give you some some details on what you have to do, but it's not... It's like they kind of give you everything all at once and, you know, here, you know figure it out. So, you know, you have you have a... Much like Pikmin, you have a bunch of people following your leader, and you have th- a choice of three leaders. The red guy uh, can take all those people in your group and form a giant fist that you can punch enemies with or uh, interact with the environment, turn dials, these kinds of things. Uh, there's the, the blue leader. Um, you, you draw a straight line, and what will happen is that, that line of people, depending on how many people you put into it, uh, is the length of this giant sword that you can whack en- you know, enemies with. You know, you kind of weaken them with the X button, and then you hit them with the with the A button, and and really give them some damage. And then the third guy, you kind of draw an L, a, a slanted L shaped, and that creates this gun. Um, and then you can shoot enemies from distance. And I don't think you can change the size of your gun, but I think if you get upgrades with everything you're collecting in the game, which is a million different things, uh, you can increase the power. So you're you're flipping back and forth between different uh, p- powered up. Um, Attacks, um, you know, and as you're going through the game, you are uh, rescuing people in the town and recruiting them into your team. So you start off with maybe like, like I think like 30 or 40 people, but as you rescue them, your team gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the maximum of a hundred. And the 101 is you, the player is the hundred and first. And so there's an alien invasion. There's just stuff happening all the time, and you know, it's made by Platinum Games, so it. Has, and one of the best descriptions I I, I saw is that it kind of combines the the um, this the chaotic stuff, the, the the beautiful the beautiful Joe uh, art style and play style. You know, the brawling combined with the set pieces of Bayonetta plus. Uh, Oh shoot! I can't remember the third one of their games, but it's all put into one, and it's very similar to Pikmin in that there's a lot of stuff going on on screen at one time, a lot, you know, uh, and it's all vibrant and colorful. But you know, it's another one of those examples of of the Wii U outputting something that was really, really impressive. And so by the end, I had figured out everything that I had, to, like all the different attacks and stuff, and it took a while to get used to it. Granted, but I guess this is the tutorial level, and um, or a couple of missions. So when I went back into it, I started it over. I was just cleaning house and tearing things up once I figured out how to do everything quickly. And so you're, you're, the, the, the combat becomes a lot more flowing. Uh, you know, the, the bosses that show up are much less, you know, 
yeah, able to attack you. You're just overwhelming them with all the people that you have in your team and and the attacks you can use against them. So I'm looking forward to that. I think that comes out in uh, beginning of September. Uh, that might be a delayed birthday present uh, if I had my way. And then finally, a non-Wii U game. Um, I played Brothers. Uh, I finished Brothers: Tale of Two Sons. Uh, I mentioned last week I hit I hit a, a game glitch that that maybe had to replay a chapter, and that was chapter two. And I thought the game was only three chapters for some reason, but it actually went on for until chapter five. And boy, that game really opens up after chapter uh, into chapter three, because the first two chapters are very much in small villages. And then the next one's in a cave, but then you go out into the world and you see how much of a fantasy land this is, kind of like something out of the, out of the Brothers Grimm fairy tales with these giants and and um, and monsters and wolves and all these kinds of things that you know it, it really it's not right out of that, but it, you know those tales, but it it makes you feel like you're in that kind of a world, like you know dark and dirty. It's not dark and dirty. That's kind of a bad way to put it, but but um, not not you know not kid friendly fluff, but it's you know a realistic realistic uh fairy tale land if that makes sense and anyway the the puzzles get really really good when you're using the two players at once on two different thumbsticks uh it really encourages you to stop and smell the roses and interact with all these things in the environment like all the achievements are tied to those things like there's one point where my two characters sat down on a bench and looked out at the landscape but then i pressed the button and they kind of let out this kind of a kind of sound which attracted the whales that were down on the water and they jumped out of the water and didn't put on this little show, which unlocked an achievement. So, you know, you really want to take it all in and it's a gorgeous game. It even gets prettier and prettier as you go on. So, uh, that's on, that's on the summer of arcade right now. And if you got 15 bucks, put it into it and play and play a game that unlike anything you've played before, it's short, but it's, it's definitely an experience that's, that's uh, worth the money and that's it. Glace, you're up to tell us what you haven't been playing. Uh, well, that answer would be a lot. <laughs> the short answer. Uh, but, I mean, video game-wise, I mean, obviously, all I've been playing, as usual, is Animal Crossing. I mean, now that I'm back in Internet land, uh, I should have some more stuff up. Uh, basically, all I did this morning was just configure, you know, my Xbox, my Vita, all that to the Internet here. So, in the upcoming weeks... I'm sure I'll have stuff to talk about. Uh, even just now, I'm right now currently downloading the uh, one of the Battlefield 3 updates probably from like a year ago because I haven't touched that game in forever. But I'm trying to get back into stuff that I haven't touched in a while just because I have such a big back catalog of things. Um, right before I left my room as well, my roommate was playing uh, Saints Row 3 since you guys were talking about 4 a while ago. And I mean, I played Saints Row 2, Saints Row 2 the game is great, you know, it's always fun to see how ridiculous you can be. Uh, my friend, he got it on Steam, and uh, he got it with all the different packs when it came out. And so right now, I think he's running around as a naked uh, engineer guy, with the, like the engineer guy from TF2. So hopefully when I go back in, something interesting will be happening, which I'm sure it will be. Um, but in terms of Animal Crossing, uh, I, really, I really haven't done anything incredibly different. Uh, the other day, I did uh, finally end up connecting to someone on the island using internet, and I think I was playing with some some girl from Washington, and uh, we just did a few of the like challenge missions that you can do on the island. Uh, there's like a items 
like fine game where you have to dig up certain items and like match the items. Uh, there was a butterfly catching contest, and then there was a hide and seek contest. And so every time you do these contests, you get medals, and then you can exchange the medals for island clothing. So uh, I was debating on whether or not I wanted to buy a captain's hat and be like Hugh Hefner in Animal Crossing, because I mean they're all the playhouse bunnies in Animal Crossing, but. <laughs> I decided against that because that just would have been weird. <laughs> but um, other than that, I mean, I was on this island in Maine for a week, if you, you probably don't know this. But there, weren't, there wasn't any electricity. And I know this, this is a video game podcast, but it's still, like, it's still gaming related. Uh, I played like 50 games of chess while I was up there just because, I mean, there was no electricity. So for entertainment, it was just chess after game, chess game after chess game. So, I mean, I like chess. It's been a while since I've played it. Uh, it's a fun game. I lost a lot more than I'm willing to admit to really bad moves. But you know, it, it's it's funny, you know, to go back to the roots of gaming, you know, and just it's not it's like it can be complicated and not and simple at the same time, which is fun. So that's what I've been playing. As for me, um, I haven't been playing shit. So there you go. <laughs> nothing nothing our listening audience wants to <laughs> wants to hear about. Our hard, hard research, our hard, hard research uh, data tells us that nobody cares about MMO. So there you go, piss off. Um, and that's what we've been playing. Uh, I guess the first one we're going to do because John just likes abusing himself. Uh, it's the only reason I can see him keeping to po- <laughs> keeping posting these links is yet again the kitty dragons have been put in the same dumpster that Glacinator is currently in. Um, it's apparently the last guardian has been backburnered. Well, basically. I was I, I kind of had a mix of words going in my head there, so I paused. It, it's been made low priority for Knack and the Puppeteer, which are I believe PS4 only. But they are, and they might, Knack is definitely a launch title. Is the other one? Um, well, opinions vary on what the launch titles are and aren't, but from okay. what hey, I'm anyway, reading, Knack, Knack is. Knack is, yeah. Puppeteer is not. So, um, I, I think the only comment I have, both of you are welcome to comment after I'm done, but I think the only comment I have is if it's toast, stop lying to your audience, because you're driving, like, you're driving people like poor John absolutely batshit crazy <laughs> at this point with with uh, continuing to you know screw around with it. I mean, uh, how come Ico is all of a sudden working on Puppeteer Knack? I mean, what the fuck does that matter? Because Last Guardian, even if it got moved to a next generation game, would be probably far more interesting to have out there at launch or close to launch mm-hmm. than Knack or Puppeteer. And I'm not saying Knack or Puppeteer are good games. I've heard good buzz around both of them. But I'm saying that, that you know, Last Guardian would probably be better. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean there's, it's it's to the point now where the, the audience has, who has been clamoring for these games is just like you and I just going... Yeah, whatever. You know, maybe I'll get it someday. Maybe not. <laughs> you know, like there's a, there's a, there's a there's a point 
and I think it's probably and I think it's passed long ago where the the people who were going to jump on that game are would have and people who are now saying that it's just going to be Duke Nukem forever a complete letdown is is probably the the predominant people if it, if it ever comes out well, I'm sure this came out of GamersCon, where apparently because of the timing of the launches of the new consoles, has become Gaming Central this week. Um, and once again, both exec, higher execs in both uh, Microsoft and Sony are opening mouth and insert foot. You know, one of the things that Microsoft's Phil Harrison said is, oh, we will never sell the Xbox One by itself. It'd be an incomplete experience without Kinect, you know. When they decide to go back on that, gamers are going to land on them again. And the, mm-hmm. you know, shit that passes for gaming media. So, yeah, there's been a lot of crap. And there's could have been a lot of things we talked about, talked about this week. But without any clear indication that it's actually true, I'm done dealing with some of this garbage, you know. It's just been Sony and Microsoft posturing. I mean, the nerdgasms people were having because Sony announced their launch launch date, which, by the way, for those of you that want to know when that is and haven't found out, it's November 15th. You know, I'm taking a lot of this garbage with a grain of salt, except for this news about Last Guardian. Mm-hmm. You know, the team the team making it may care about it, but I don't think anybody else does. In 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 the business side of things, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> I just have to sigh to myself. <sighs> um, moving on, the the other thing, I'm not going to read them all, but both of the launch lineups are out, and and of course, both of these are are saying that they're going to be on launch day which I do believe that conflicts with the actual release dates of some of the games listed. But I, I think it finally points out how utterly ridiculous this supposed launch lineup and its importance that people are spooging all over the internet. Just crystal clear to me. Um, Glacinator, you, you looked at these two launch lineups. Was there anything in there that told you Oh my god, I must run out and buy both consoles immediately as soon as they're available. Nope. <laughs> Can't be more direct than that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, John. Yeah, I would agree. There's an awful lot of overlap and not 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 a lot of you know exciting exclusive stuff. I mean, wouldn't like at least 50% of these titles have been Released if the PS4 and Xbox One didn't exist. Well, they are going to be. Most of these are going to be on uh, on 360. To like give you. Watch- oh, sorry, John. Well, go ahead. Go no, ahead. Go, go ahead. No, I was going to say like the Watch Dogs and the Assassin's Creed Fours. You know, Battlefield Four. They're going to have ver- Call of Duty. They're going to have versions on on 360 and PS3. Well, exactly, and we'll get to that in a second because there's actually a little addendum to the story I was just reading up on. Um, one of the few things that a GamersCon I am willing to talk or we should probably talk about. Uh, just to give you folks that don't follow the news a, 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 an idea, I'm going to speed read these. Um, and this is the Xbox One's launch day lineup. Assassin's Creed 4, Battlefield 4, Call of Duty Ghosts, 
Crimson Dragon, Dead Rising, FIFA 14, Fighter Within, Forza Motorsport, whatever number they're at, Just Dance for 2014, Killer Instinct, Lego, Marvel Super Heroes, Cycle, Madden, NFL 25, NBA 2K14, NBA Live 14, Need for Speed Rivals, Peggle 2, Power Star Golf, Rise, Son of Rome, also known as Quick Time Event Game, Skylanders, Swap Force, Swat, Watch Dogs, Zoo Tycoon, what the fuck, Zumba Fitness World Party. Now, before... I'm changing my mind, by the way. Zoo Tycoon. Totally a console mover there. <laughs> Pre-order that shit well, right now. Well, uh, you know, the sad thing is, is he's only being slightly sarcastic. Um, I know he... I wanted some lions, man. I See, I know you like the Tycoon games. That's the thing. That's why I didn't make more fun of it than I was originally intending to. Now, before you... The question fin- is, can you throw people in the lion pits? See, that's what always bored me about the Zoo Tycoon games. At least with The Sims and with, you know, Sim Cities of old. I don't know if it's true with the most current one. You could kill people. You know, in Roller to- Coaster Tycoon, I can't, like, leave out a section and watch everybody crash and burn. Yes. Yeah, that's... you can. Oh, can you? In the old... in yes. Some... In some oh, old... my goodness. Oh, I didn't know that. The explosions was... were rendered in 3D. Everything else is isometric. But if a car went off the track, even if it was like a boat ride, it would explode into a nuclear, like, mushroom cloud fire. Well, there goes my money during the Steam Winter Sale, if any of those are on sale. Um, and by the way, before you Sony fanboys start laughing at the Microsoft launch lineup, let me read you Sony's. may sound a little familiar. Assassin's Creed 4, Battlefield 4, Call of Duty Ghost, Driver Club, FIFA 14, Just Dance 2014, Killzone, Shadowfall, Knack. Lego Marvel Super Heroes, Madden 25, NBA 2K14, NBA Live 14, Need for Speed Rivals, Skylander Swap Force, Watch Dogs. <laughs> and of course, the thousands of cool indie titles that everybody must play to maintain their gamer cred that, that Sony's only Sony will have. Uh, until, until Steam gets them. Right. Until uh, well, And most of which I could buy on my PC right now, so fuck off. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Um, I really hope that console-only gamers aren't that stupid. Because that's the thing. Actually, John, in, in, in being sarcastic, brings up a very good point. If you have a computer that could check email and go to Facebook, you could probably play a good portion of indie games that are out right now that Sony's trying to make sound like they're, you know, the greatest thing ever for PS4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you this this indie game thing. Like I I'm happy that that indie indie developers are going to get a chance to you know get get their games on high, on high profile home console systems. But a part of my brain says half of the you know a, a big part of this this emphasis is just to fill the void of of what's not there in terms of um, widespread you know selection of, of fresh games. You know what I mean? Well, I'm hatching my evil plan a little early, or speaking about it on the show a little early, but there's a couple things here that I see with these indie initiatives. First with Sony and the Microsoft following, because they realized they were going to get their brains beat in more PR-wise. They're baiting the indie crowd that, that turns their nose up at consoles. For one. Mm-hmm. And for two, in my personal view, Indie developers now need to shut the fuck up. Whining that you can't get on platforms, that you can't self-publish. And we're not even talking about things like Oya and that um, NVIDIA handheld disaster. 
you know, you've been catered to like you claim you need to be because you're just as important as EA and Activision and so on and so forth. I'm happy for you. Make the most of it. But now shut the hell up. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, believe me, that may become a theme <laughs> of WonderPod in 2014 because the petulant whining and bitching of some of these indie stars, now that you have your platform, whether you're going to stay Sony only because Xbox can't be trusted, who cares? You have a major platform. You know, you're not just relegated to PC anymore. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, you could have been relegated to Mac to throw people like Glacinator a bone, but oh, God help you, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Glacinator, truly, Glacinator should have like almost no love for a lot of the indie crowd because, oh, Mac's a closed system. We can't have that. We can't work in that. It 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 f- makes our art fraudulent, you know. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> well, the other thing, the other sneaky thing that came out of GamersCon in my mind, and we'll see what you guys think of this. I didn't mention it before because it, literally I was just reading up on it while while listening to you guys talk about what you've been playing. Okay, say you buy Battlefield Four on your PS3, right? And I'm assuming Microsoft will follow along with something like this. Not in not, you know, too long. But right now, Sony's the only one talking about it. Okay, so you buy Battlefield 4 or Call of Duty or Assassin's Creed on your PS3, right? Then you want to get a PS4. So you buy a PS4. You can upgrade your PS3 game to a PS4 game for a nominal fee. Mm-hmm. Right now, COD is listing theirs as 10 pounds sterling, 10 euro, or 10 USD. Go North America <laughs> because 10 USD is like 1362 euro or something like that. So, um, and I don't know what it is in British pounds. I only know euro because that's what you, if you buy anything from the warm online shop, you have to know the conversion. Um, so, you know, you can transfer your games, but there is going to be a barrier. And the slicker thing, I thought. And I want I wait to see, and that's why we won't talk about some of this in depth until next week, to see if there's any media or gamer backlashes. Sony is saying, oh, the publishers are going to be determining the transfer fee. Um, what are you guys' thoughts? And, and then you stop and think about it. Why would you want to transfer? I mean, most of the time when a console generation goes out, selling your used console does you no good. Unless you trade it in for the new one. Then fair enough. But what what do you think of that transfer fee kind of deal that looks like it'll probably become a fairly large player in the game going forward, John? Well, you know, I guess it makes sense that they want some cut of that, you know, the... The cut, cut, cut of the, the the pie, you know, to encourage you to, like, I, I, I think what you're saying is true. Why would you get it? Like, you know, if you already got it, why would you upgrade? But then again, with is ten dollars more attractive than sixty dollars to buy it again? Do you know what I mean? At least, at least at ten bucks, it's more attractive to make someone say, hmm, maybe I should get that new upgrade, upgrade with the better graphics, yada yada yada. Because if it was sixty bucks and I had to buy a full price, I definitely wouldn't. 
Now, as far as free goes, you know, some I've I've seen some re- reactions saying, "Well, it should be free." I bought the game once, you know. The they want to make some money too, so I don't think it was ever going to be free. Do you know what I mean? Here's my question, though: Are the graphics to the average gamer oh, that, I don't... that much different that you're really going to be oohed and awed by the PS4 or yeah. the PS3? That that's a fair point, but there is that fraction of the audience who want the the latest greatest thing, whether it, whether the improvement is infinitesimal or not. Like they right. want they 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 want that they want that new hotness that, and so, you know maybe and and they want to hold on to their money until there's a proper set of games to play. You know, ten bucks down the road might be might be way more attractive. It might be attractive, but it makes people like that that think they're getting so much better graphics for ten dollars a bunch of slack jaw douche canoes. I mean, <laughs> it, it 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 just the cliche that's coming to my head immediately is a money and a, a fool and his money are soon parted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was telling you guys before the show that I'm gonna do a fair a fairly decent upgrade on my video card, and the beautiful thing for me as far as PC gaming goes is I know what the optimal settings are for me. You know, and you know how much goddamn money that saves me. <laughs> no multiple card, no don't need no multiple cards. Don't need you know a five hundred dollar fucking video card so I can sperm in my pants over the fact that I get to see pretty colors. You know, I've said a thousand times once it's beautiful, it's beautiful, and that's the end of it. Um, Glassnator, what do you think of this whole fee setup? I think it brings up another interesting thing to think about and that's a uh, I mean obviously we won't have this fee forever because there at one point you there won't be any more 360 PS3 games made so the, my, my point my question is when do you think that will be I mean, that may, I might be a different answer, but I just got me thinking about console cycles and how this console cycle has been so long how, how long is it long on the next console cycle if that makes any sense whatsoever. Well, you broke up a little bit, but I got the gist of it. And it, it's okay. kind of funny that you say that because if you've been following the news at all, both Sony and Microsoft have trotted out some idiot VP of something to claim that they're not giving up on the 360 and PS3 anytime soon. So I'm curious whether they think that they're going to be able to rook enough of the kind of people John was talking about into paying this $10 fee um, that that they will keep pumping out games for the 360 and PS3, at least some titles, and then hope they make it up a little, make even more, because essentially if you're buying a 360 or PS3 game, you're, you're paying 60 bucks, and then it'll be a 10 to whatever the publisher decides fee and we're talking just about Sony right at the moment, but I'm sure Microsoft will have a similar scheme. Uh, you know, so you could be paying anywhere between ten to fifteen bucks to get it. You know, to upgrade it to to the next generation. Now, the only way I could see that really hooking other people outside of the just unrepentant graphics whores is if people have to trade in. Now, like right now, for me. My 360 probably doesn't have enough trade-in value. It's not worth it. It will just join the PS2 and one I play every once in a while. And so if I really want to go back and play Battlefield 4, not that I'm 
going to get it or haven't decided yet, or Saints Row 4, I could do that <laughs> by hooking up my 360 again. You know, I mean, John, when you finally decide to dip your toe in the water with, with one or the other of them, do you plan to trade in your current one, or are you going to hang on to it? Um, I would say with my glut of back back catalog to go through that I won't be trading in my systems anytime soon, especially considering the the lack of backward compatibility. Like I've considered trading in my my original Wii in favor of my Wii U because my Wii plays Wii my Wii U plays Wii games, but it doesn't play GameCube games. And and very recently I've been playing a lot of Wind Waker with Peter, which granted I could be doing with Wind Waker HD in a few weeks, but or pretty soon. But um, you know if that didn't happen, that would be my only avenue to play it with him. Well, that's going to be I don't know what Microsoft's doing, and I don't think they do either. But that's going to be Sony's big attempt at a cash grab is making is getting you to buy all your back catalog digital mm-hmm. you know well, which will make sense i mean i mean assuming that assuming that if it gets tied to your to your you know psn account and not and 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 you can access that whenever you want i mean digital makes you know a lot of sense you don't have to have another system hooked up you can, you can download it and put it on there anytime you want yada 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 right well, it'll, again, I'll, and that's why they're being so vague about it. it it's it, it'll all depend on pricing. Oh, of course it will. Yeah. You know, I'm not paying. You know, let's say a PS3 game that came out in 2008. I'm not paying 45 or 50 bucks for a PS3 game that came out in 2008. If I have a PS4, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> no. You know, but I wouldn't be surprised if they try that right off the top in a similar vein of Microsoft trying all their, you know, uh, tricks that enrage gamers. You know, trot it out as something that, hey, we're going to do this, and then when it doesn't work in two months, just quietly, you know, tone the price down. Mm-hmm. Um, do you plan to trade in your 360 if you when you finally decide to purchase an Xbox One, or are you pretty much just going to hang on to it? I'm talking your personal one. I know you guys got one at the house there, too, that has the connect on it. Um, I guess it depends how invested I am at the time in the One, in the Xbox One, as opposed to my 360. I mean, I have, I have such a big catalog for the 360 of games that I still will play, even if I don't have Xbox Live, that I probably wouldn't trade, end up trading it in. See, and I think that's going to be a lot of people's things. I, I think that the price has come down on them so much. You know, unless GameStop steps up to the plate and starts giving just ridiculous trade-ins to get people to move to the new generation, um, you know, I just don't see it. I just don't see this transfer fee thing hooking in. Hooking in that many people except maybe the slack jaw douche canoes who want it, you know, so much better. And, I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing. You know, Sony and Microsoft can talk all they want about it being, you know, even better graphics where it we're using, P, you know, PX86 architecture, da 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 da, da. It's still not going to be better than a top-of-the-line gaming rig. It's no. going to cost you less <laughs> than a $1,500, $2,000 Alienware gaming rig. But good luck attempting to convince anybody with a half a brain 
Of course, I don't think I don't think any of the three of us are their target demographic for their PR shitstorms. Um, we're unfor- we're too smart, which could be fortunate or unfortunate depending on how you look at it. Uh, you know, and so I, I just. The more the more hype and PR I see, the more I just think if you have any brains at all, wait until the first part of 2014 to see where they're at. Especially if you're leaning towards the Xbox One. If the the rumored news that Microsoft is never going to sell a SKU without Connect, they're probably going to be dumping that price 100 bucks if things don't go well over the holiday season. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, there was a there was a story from the Sony UK boss saying we can't even keep up with pre-orders. We may sell out. Blah 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 blah. Show me the numbers. Yeah. yeah. Well, they they do have one edge on that in that I, which I didn't realize is that FIFA 14 is going to be a, a packing game for free with every Xbox in the UK, Xbox One in the UK, and that game is massive over there. So you know that that's a, that's a that's a that's a pretty decent incentive to get an Xbox. And still at the four ninety nine price, not one of their combo prices. Yeah, at, at the at the flat rate, at the flat number. Well, it's not four ninety nine for those poor bastards. It's something ranging it's, in the neighborhood of six hundred US. Yeah, yeah six hundred or something. Yeah, but they're gonna they're gonna put that game in there, a digital download version of it. Oh, that'll. I mean, that that will hook in some fans because I mean, again, we can sit here as gamers who don't play sports games, and and hold up our noses indie style at you know some of like Madden and, and FIFA, but. You can't deny the numbers they sell. Mm-hmm. I mean, FIFA in the UK knocks off shit like Battlefield, Call of Duty, and Halo. You know when it drops, and I mean, if you Thank if you. if you have the ability to knock off Call of Duty for a week or two, you're doing something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's it's I, I I didn't even know that until until uh, until today when I was when I heard about it. Yeah, I I don't uh, I I'm I'm that's a smart move on Microsoft's part. Uh, again, like I said, you know, I brought up that little news bit I was reading there that that you know the UK Sony boss is saying, oh wow, we're so we're gonna sell out. Blah, 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 blah. Well, okay, fine. Let us know when it actually happens. <laughs> you know, I mean, even people are remember that story last or story last week we passed her or the story that got passed around in WPO chat. You know that Microsoft's toning back like eight countries because they're just not ready oh microsoft's got unit problems you know i mean the i guess i guess what i'm saying or trying to babble my way to with the audience is a lot of people are jumping to a lot of damn conclusions without much fact Mm -hmm. and i have to admit maybe this was as bad in 2006 i was not internet plugged in for the last console launch but I, I think if you're sitting out there listening to this podcast and you're worried what you should do, what you should believe, I, if you buy one of these consoles, either one, um, at launch or the holiday season, do so being confident in that you can wait a little bit and that a lot of this crap may turn to actual crap rather than rumored crap. <laughs> I think the yeah, I mean it's 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 the next the next set of games that are going to come out that are be the ones that are the the standouts, you know. Like you're gonna get your you're gonna start getting, seeing your your Xbox exclusives, you know, the the gears and the and the uh, and on Sony's part like the Uncharted's and that kind of stuff. 
you know that'll that'll come that'll come in 2014, I'm sure. Well, they're saying that they're gonna have that you know kill Killzone Shadowfall sell pretty good. Well, that's the other thing. That's the other thing we should freely admit. I think guys is that they're gonna sell a bunch of these because there's a bunch of people who live and die by Assassin's Creed and Battlefield and Call of Duty and FIFA and Madden and you know. So make no mistake, we might be sitting here saying that it we're not interested in these consoles during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. But I think this launch lineup, one of the things you have to have to be willing to ra- admit about this launch lineup is it is going to sell units. Well, there's I mean there's all, the early adopters are going to buy. I mean look at the look at the Wii U for I mean the Wii U dropped off after a while but but like that initial uh, launch of the Wii, like Wii U, so a, a lot of a lot of systems up up uh, up front, and there were talks about it being close to the to the Wii in terms of how it was being received, but then it dropped off. But like that that initial buyer share is it's a lot. It means a lot. Well, it's going to be a. I I I'm I'm thinking that this is going to be a much bigger surge. Because of Call of Duty Battlefield 4, that's what I'm trying to say. Is I, I, I think the, the hive mind will buy in, at least initially, in much more mass quantities because of some of the titles that are being launched. And I actually think some of this transfer fee thing could possibly blow up in their face because, you know, a bunch of the hive mind is going to go, well, I can only play COD if it's on the new one. You know, and so just wait and buy the console and get COD or Battlefield or FIFA or Madden. So, yeah, I, I, I think I said it on the show. But I, I have such a hard time remembering, but uh, end of quarter one next year. Talk to me then. Yep. Until then, I'm just I'm taking everything with a grain to. Six tons of salt, depending on the source. So, so there you go. You can, you can, <laughs> not make an informed decision now from our ramblings about that. Um, I guess it was last week that the latest game from Notch and Mojang, uh, Zero X Ten C, I believe was announced that it was pretty much dead in the water, that uh, Notch was not going to continue to work on it. Uber fans of the game swept in and are going to finish it if you are if you care at all about Zero X10C. It sounded like an interesting concept. I'm far more leery uh, with the, t- the idea of playing the game now that fans have gotten a hold of it, um, but that's just my general distrust of fandom. <laughs> and so... I guess the first thing uh, I'll ask you first, John, because I'm pretty sure that uh, pretty sure we quick answer for you. Had you any interest or even heard of this game Zero X Ten C? To be honest, I did not. Yeah, that was kind of yeah. I'm not I'm not a mind reader, but I had a pretty good idea. <laughs> and, uh, and and that's not a dig against the game by any stretch. It's just I I just wasn't in my consciousness. Glacinator. Were you at all curious about this since it was from Notch and Mojang and and had similar characteristics to Minecraft? Yeah, I had been following it, not religiously, but I was aware of it. 
uh, Matt, who runs the server, was very into it because he's a engineering major, and so he's all into programming things. And so that's basically what the game, from what I've read, was about. So, I mean, I was aware of it. Were you interested in it? Uh, yeah. Uh, not as interested as I was with Minecraft and other things, but, I mean, it looked like it was going to be fun. I mean, he had an early build that I think I watched him jump around in. But I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't following it religiously. What did you think, um, and now the second part of this is Notch made a Tumblr essentially saying that he's not going to take on big projects and he's going to go do little things that make him happy, which I support, yet being me, I have some theories or curiosities about this Tumblr post. What did you What did you think of what he had to say, Gleis Snyder? Um, I mean, honestly, from my opinion, as someone who is, I guess, more artistic, I mean, he's already made that bazillion dollars off of Minecraft. You know, he he. I mean, gamers think he has some debt to gamerdom, you know, to complete other games. You know, but honestly, I mean, he's. He's a person just like you or me. If he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't have to do it. And he has the money to say that he doesn't want to do it anymore. So if he just wants to do things for his own enjoyment and have fun, he's worked hard enough and got lucky enough that he is willing and allowed to do that by society standards. So, I mean, I can't really complain about him abandoning it if that's how he feels his life should go now. So, I mean, I know there's, there's some things in my life that I just like to do and just not forget about everything else. But, I mean, I can't do that right now because I have to do college and get a job and all this stuff. But he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. So if he just wants to make those little uh, little games, like he made, a, he made like a 2D Minecraft and he made like this uh, sort of Doom-ish game where you go through rooms. And those are pretty fun to play. And I, I think he wants to do more of that sort of just, it can be fun, but it's a throwaway in itself. Like it doesn't matter if it's an amazing game or not. It's just, it's, fun to play for a quick little thing and i think that those type of games honestly would probably be well suited on a mobile on a mobile like ios or android platform so i mean i'm, I'm going to a whole other spiel here territory but i mean I, it feels like from the things that he enjoys building he's probably trying to get away from these large humongous releases of a game and more towards little things so more power to him John, what uh, I'm glad you went that direction because then it makes it allows me to free free reign to to do the other side of the coin. John, as somebody who hasn't done more than dip their toe into Minecraft, uh, what did what did you think of his thoughts and why he gave up on his next major game and what he's doing now? Um, well, when I first started reading the post, I kind of thought it was a bit of you know we've been talking a lot about indie developers kind of bitching and moaning a bit and and how you know he was getting uh, talking about how it was all too you know the, the expectations were all too much and stuff but by the end of it and I read it and and finished it up and, and saw that he was content in his decision to to work on smaller stuff and you know the man can do whatever the fuck he wants and you know if he's happy doing that you know like you said more power to him really you know, it's it's a free world. He can, if he wants to make small games and be happy with that, he can do it. If he wants to make AAA titles, he can do that too. Oh, but he doesn't make AAA titles. It's indie. 
doesn't matter how much. It doesn't matter. I'm being sarcastic. Hang on. <laughs> it, it, it does. It doesn't matter that Minecraft afforded them an office that's better than any house I've ever been in. Um, it's indie, damn it. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> I'm torn on this because half of me says he's being a pretentious dipshit, and half of me says that you know. He's just had enough. I mean, it, I guess the first thing I should say sincerely uh, is is fine. Go do that. You know, you're handling your throttling back way better than Phil Fish did. Um, but my problem is, is you know, I, I this you know this this feels like the the pressure and expectations of being anything other than an indie cobbler has finally started to crack him. And if you scroll down, not the not the post just beneath us, but there's one down where he makes a very... I, I, I look at it as cryptic kind of explanation of his bashing on Windows 8. I, there's just some things in here that, that just make me wonder, you know, what, what the reality is of it. Uh, I, 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 the problem is, and Glacinator could probably speak to this, you know, uh, really well, is it's really easy to create just to be creating when nobody's paying attention, but it's really difficult to create just to be creating when everybody's paying attention. And I think I would be less, hmm, I think I would be less harsh about my half of my reaction to to his post if he hadn't made some of the, his the statements he's made like bashing windows 8 you know talking about how indie should be cared for i mean because the guy has done a lot of good but again at the same time much like neighbor Dacted 2 phil fish jonathan blow he's run his mouth uh, you know about things that just it would have been better if he said nothing at all. So I, I, I mean, like the one line that that really kind of bugged me was this. Uh, you know, and it's it's a partial sentence, so I, so don't panic. I'm taking it. I'm not taking it out of context, but I I am not reading the whole thing. But I really, really don't want to turn into another undelivering visionary game designer. The gaming world has enough of those. How do you quantify that? What the fuck does that mean? You know, I, 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 that makes no sense to me. Or who are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I, I, I. And since when did he become a visionary? Um. You know, so there, there, there's certain turns of phrase, and maybe that's just the way Knotts writes and speaks, that just really kind of wrinkled me a little bit and rankled me. Um, don't you think that? Don't you think that's so glaze? And isn't that what a lot of these indie guys are running into? Is that you know, when you're just a couple dudes or a handful of dudes creating because it's fun, and you're you know you've had three or four beers in you for those people that do drink it, it and you're just fucking around it's easy but when people actually start to like what you're doing it becomes infinitely more difficult mm -hmm. yeah, it's, 
actually sort of a name for it. I mean, it's sort of a different, talking about a different thing, but I call it art student syndrome. Uh, and because you have all these, these people, you know, all these, I guess, artists, you know, that they, they, love, they love to draw, they love to do graphic design, photography, whatever, and that's their hobby, you know. And then they come to school to do that professionally, and they have all this pressure on them, to, and they get grades, and people are critiquing them, and people are like, oh, this is really good, this is really bad. And they're just like, they get so overwhelmed, that just like, I, this isn't fun anymore. I was doing it because it was just fun, and my friends liked it just because it was just a hobby, and I didn't really have any pressure on me to be good or to be bad. It was just to do it. You know? And as soon as you get people commenting on it, whether it's good or, good or bad, there's all, all of a sudden all this stuff on you to perform well or perform how people think you should perform. So it's, it can be annoying sometimes and it can be really enjoying at other times. But I, I totally understand the, the pressure thing that you were talking about. And this well, def- it definitely applies here as well. Well, my problem with this is, is okay, if you count Fish and now Notch, although he's not quitting, where's the next John Carmack coming from? Where's the next John Romero coming from? Where's the next, um, you know, Sid Meier coming from? You know, these indie guys get to a certain level of popularity and then they can't take the negative publicity in a lot of cases because they're running their mouth, which is also, I think, art student syndrome. But my problem is, is if indie is the hope of the future to make games that will have super mass appeal... You know, if these... well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. But what? Indie is the wave of the future, or whatever. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, yeah. Um. I mean, it doesn't depend on what type of game you're making. It depends what type of person you are. I mean, if you can't take the heat, don't get out of the kitchen. You know. So. Uh, if if I'm if I may, I think what you mean, Bruce, is that these are the guys who are going to be stepping into the roles that we see now. Well, to a point, but I was also I, I see that that sentiment out there a lot of times. I mean, that's Sony's whole point of pushing this. You know, there's a very large demographic that thinks that indies are the next thing that they're they're going to just push up and, and gaming will be changed forever. Like Glacinator, I think it's a bunch of horseshit. But also too. John, you have a very valid point in that that don't some of these indie guys have to, or, or, or wouldn't you think some of these indie guys would eventually step up away from their indie roots and become the next all the people I mentioned? Yeah, like wouldn't wouldn't uh, you know if 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 the time period then was is is like now, wouldn't you say that someone like a Peter Molyneux was indie at one time? You know what I mean? Yeah, he's bat, he... he's bat shit crazy, so we'll throw him in that little. <laughs> but in terms of making like big games now, like his games are, you know, promise filled super events, and you know whether they pay off or not is one thing or another. But but the <laughs> so, well, that cube game paid off, but I I think a lot of people were just not understanding the rules. <laughs> but it's it's just a, you know, the, the indie developers of today will be. You know, higher higher level executive uh, not executives, but creative pe- higher level creative people in, in bigger studios in the future. Ah, but answer me this: What's the difference between coming up through the trenches 
as Notch and Name Redacted to and and uh, Fish and Jonathan Blow have. What's what's the difference between how they're doing it and how Carmack, Cliffy, at all did it? What 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 do you think the difference is, Glaze? Explain a little bit more. What do you mean exactly? Just well, like what, what I mean, what is you know, John Carmack didn't start out making Doom and Quake. You know, he started he started doing other things, little things that nobody ever paid any attention to. Um, same with Cliffy. Same with you know Romero. Same with um, all of them. All all the guys we look up to is the elder generation of super developers or super creators. You know. They had to go through a process to get to the point of being recognized, as did Notch and Jonathan Blow and Name Redacted 2 and, and Fish. What's the difference in that process in your in your? They didn't have to deal with social media, I think is the main thing. They didn't have to deal with Twitter. Sorry, John. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to get it. It's the internet. I think that plays a major part in in, you know... Because the only only time you read about those guys was in magazines, mm-hmm. you know, back back in the day. I mean, I knew who Carmack Romero. Believe it or not, I didn't know who Cliffy was, even though I'd played Jazz and Jackrabbit. Um, I'm missing I, I'm missing a whole bunch of names, and I apologize. But you know, I mean, uh, 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 you know, Nolan, the father of Atari, uh, Sid Meier, Molyneux, uh, you know. I, I mean, Schaefer. Thank you. Yeah, Tim Schaefer. Although I don't know, he <laughs> he sort of went backwards, I guess. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> I, I'm not really sure. Yeah, what? I'm not really sure how to categorize him anymore. He kind of started. He kind of never left being indie. If you think about it, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, because to a certain extent. Psychonauts was kind of the Rocky Horror Picture Show of gaming. <laughs> you know, it, it, it kind of... That's a good comparison. I like that. Well, it is, because they both didn't didn't really get the critical, cons- critical success from the supposed critics. It was the fans that made them both what they are today. Mm-hmm. Although I don't throw shit at the screen when I'm playing Psychonauts. I can't afford the monitors. Um... You know, and that's the thing. I I don't know whether. I guess I think you have to even have a thicker skin to be able to withstand the pressure. You know, because I mean, think about. Realistically, we all say stupid shit. Of course. You know, I do it every Thursday or Friday night. Uh, (laughs) Um. But 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 the the it's the dealing with it. I think. You know, how much do you, Iglesias? Actually, how much do you, or John? Do you think? Do you think that, that that is a major, or do you have any more thoughts? Do you think that is a major difference between when the guys we played as kids, you know, the ga- the games we played as kids, their creators, and and today's creators? Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, you can say that about any any form of entertainment at all. I mean, there's so many eyes, there's so many ways to directly contact and or not contact but interact with your audience good or bad you know you can use social media to get your name out there in better ways than you ever could before then again you might 
get totally harassed <laughs> if you're being a bit of a douche. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's totally it, it, it is a huge difference. But what what I, what I was saying was you know everyone started out small with small budgets and making things you know making the most of your resources to create something special, and then you know the cream rises at the top and and those guys will go on to make bigger and better things. Bigger companies want to work with the guys who are who are good. They want they, you know, they want they want, you know, that level of of um, of talent to be in their bigger games. Well, I I I guess part of my you know I'm I'm always suspicious of the of the indie superstars and and I make no bones about that. But I think my bigger disappointment with what Notch is is kind of saying there in his Tumblr post is. He ha- he out of all of them has made the least amount of missteps as far as stu- saying stupid shit that you could have worded better or just not said at all. I think I would have been far more impressed if he had said, "Hey guys, I'm taking two and two years, three years. I'm gonna make this game. I'm gonna get it budgeted. You're not gonna hear much from me." And you know because social media works both ways. Who's to say that one of these, you know, more prominent indie people couldn't just say, "Hey, I'm working on something. Have a nice day," and ju- and just deal with it in that regard? Um, you know, I I would have been probably much more, much more. Hey, yeah, man, go do it because I think that's how you make the next jump. But maybe I don't know, Glace is 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 fear of failure. You think maybe maybe part of it, you you know, you've you've done, you've had such a good streak that taking that next step on onto, onto an even shakier limb is just too much for some of these guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially with the notch. I mean, after Minecraft, I mean, anything they puts out will never meet the the hype that Minecraft got. You know, and I mean that's got to be mentally disturbing in some way to him. You know. Just you can never surpass that point, you know. So he's peaked, you know. It's like when you like peak in high school or peak in college or whatever, you know. It's just like, well, now what? You just go off and do what you want to do, I guess, which is what he's doing. The thing about Notch is, he's, not only has this guy, you know, created an amazing, amazingly successful game, but he's also basically invented a whole new way to sell your product to people, selling people unfinished. "Quote unquote unfinished products as a as a as a as a premium, like like at that like if you find bugs, it's a good thing. If you if you if you um if you you know you're on the ground floor you're, and you're getting these updates that adds and adds and adds to it until you get into some finished product. Like he, he people like Sony or Steam, I should say, is doing that with with a whole new program like early early access, you know." Like they're like you can you can buy into alphas, and just keep getting updates, and the same thing as Minecraft was. That's actually true. Uh, Mojang, I'm not gonna just I'm not just gonna give that one solely to Notch because he does have other team members who are probably you know ah hell even he said are equally as important. That is true because I am in I can think of at least three games, two on Steam and and then Cube World that. I bought them at Alpha, you know. Again, kind of like the whole Kickstarter disaster. It's it's a gamble. 
you know, there's go there's some risk involved. Mm-hmm. But but I had not thought of that. Had you, Glace, that, that he kind of did kick off the, we're going to sell it to you at one price at Alpha and you get everything for free from then on, and then when we release it, it's another price. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can say he dug his grave. <laughs> if you want to put it that way. Well, I, I'm, I'm saying for good or bad. Like, I mean, you know, I'm just saying, like... Yeah, true, I, true. I, 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 I can see, you know where part of his thoughts in terms of pressure comes from, like how, how much more can he do in the next project that he hasn't done with Minecraft? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I'm on multiple levels. I guess maybe I'm just wired different because when I feel like in, in any discipline that, that I am involved in, when I feel like I have nothing more to prove, I guess to, 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 to prove my skill set i feel more freed by that and 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 failure doesn't affect me as much as it does when you're trying to 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 learn a skill or to prove that you have some skill yeah i guess maybe that's my hang-up with some of these guys i mean a, a failure for notch would be nothing but a blip on the radar but again you bring the internet back into it how fast do they tear down what they built up mm-hmm you know, I mean that prospect is terrifying. But is a lot of the is is a lot of this we're seeing from these from these indie guys, art student syndrome glaze. Do you think that's just it? That there's so much more to the creative side rather than kind of like I always I've always seen Carmack and Romero and, and the rest is uh, definitely not Schaefer uh, as as kind of down the middle. They have their very creative side, but they're also very practical people. Um, are are we tending? Are we maybe trending more to the pure art student side that? it's a little rougher for them when they get negative criticism. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, what was I going to say? F. Sorry, Sorry. I just I completely lost my train of thought. John, what do you think? Is that maybe the, the, the trend we're getting? We're getting more good, good developers who are just far too sensitive for, for the lion's den we all involve ourselves in? Well, I, I think some of that comes from the social media aspect that allows us to be aware of how many people are having trouble with fame um, before it was so much quieter. And if people didn't want to do it, well, they just quit and then they disappeared into the woodwork, right? Social media see, lets us see what people are doing every day, what their thoughts are. You know, There's a forum that anybody can post whatever they want. So I don't know if it's more now than it was, but certainly... You know, and like you know, the joysticks and the and the and the and the uh, the Wonderpod Online's of the world, you know, like they didn't exist ten years ago. To, to, to talk about these things, to to get the word out there, right? I don't know. I think it, I think the the fact that I have adopted the MythBusters uh, MythBusters mantra of failure is always an option, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> and I kind of have always been that way. It just makes it really hard for me to connect with these guys and understand. I mean, when they say stupid shit, that you know, there's so many layers here. When they say say stupid shit, as Notch has, and some of his phrasing in 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 his Tumblr post, I'm sorry, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ping on it because you know you don't you can say what you're gonna say without little you know passive aggressive hidden things trying to be cute and clever and ultimately failing, but at the same time. Maybe that's it. Hey, Glace, do you have any more train of thought? Then I got one more, one last question on this whole thing. 
I mean, I mean, especially with social media, you have people scrutinizing your every aspect of what you say and, you know, and trying to gain some meaning out of it. Even if you're just trying to be silly online, that can be totally convoluted down the road. I mean, uh, I was on, I'm on the Cube World subreddit on Reddit, and uh, the guy apparently hasn't, like, updated the game in a while or something. And there's, like, 30 million posts about how this guy is a terrible businessman and he should just stop. Like, just flat out, like, just, like, all this hate mail, like, all these people are, like, upvoting it, just, like, I can't imagine how annoying that would be, and I guess you just have to, to be, you know, in, in this age of social media, internet, whatever, you just have to be able to turn off the switch, the process switch, and be like, eh, there's people complaining, whatever, just don't be phased by it, you know, I mean, it's part of being a celebrity, I mean, you know, I mean, as with, with, with indie games and social media now, I mean, you're basically an internet celebrity, that's how you get the game to, to, you know, fame, famedom, whatever you want to call it, you know, you have to put some of your own personality into it. That's because that's how people get interested. And if you don't have the capacity to turn off the haters, then I guess you can't take the heat. Like I said, I mean, haters are going to hate, hackers are going to hack. That's just how it is. You just got to accept it and turn off the switch. Well, that, there is something to be said for learning, learning to tune it out. Uh, something that I probably I'd struggle with myself. They, and I'm talking just reading comments on, like, everything from just reading really idiotic comments on, you know, on, on posts. I've got myself almost trained to the point where I don't even bother going into comments on posts. I just read the posts, decide what it means to me for myself, and call it a day, you know. There's some where watching the tinfoil helmets go bananas is entertaining, and I can look at it as pure entertainment and be done with it. But for the most part, I pretty much banned myself from reading comments about a year back, and I've been a lot happier person since then. Um, the other thing, the other thing I think, and this may go a little too far out of gaming and into the societal period, is: are we forgetting, or are we not teaching people that failure is okay? That failure is a natural course of being a human being. That's my other concern every time I see something like this. Uh, John, what do you think of that? I mean, is it is? You mean are we teaching people that? You mean you mean giving up is okay? Well, quitting too. Yeah, definitely walking away when when you've had enough. But 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 just being afraid to fail. You know, yeah. let, letting the fear of failure yeah. get to you. Are 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 we kind of warping that in society where we don't? You know, we're we're as as younger people, failure isn't presented to us in the correct way that. You know, you don't fear it as you get older, or you don't have a super fear of it, I guess. Yeah, teaching people that yeah, I I, I definitely think that teaching people that, that quitting is okay when you when enough is enough. Mm-hmm. But do do you think that? Do you think maybe maybe fear of failure is even bigger in some of these people's minds because it just it's just not something they're they're maybe that's a better way of putting it. They're just not capable of handling handling failure. The rejection. Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe so, you know. I mean, that, that that's something that, that, you know, many, many people struggle with. I mean, I'm, I'm not picking on you, Glace, but one thing I think I always find interesting is when you post, actually post something to WonderPod Online, you go, well, it's not the greatest, I hope it's okay. And I kind of always chuckle because, of course it's okay. You did something. You created for yourself. Fuck it after that. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
is that something you struggle with as well? I mean, I, I totally do. I, I do all the time when, when, when I have something in my mind and I plan it out and I build it or create it and it doesn't come out exactly right. It's self-rejection internally going, you could have done this better is one I super, most people telling me it sucks and uh, fuck them. But I think I have an even bigger problem with self, you know, rejection. Mm-hmm. Is, is that something you struggle with, it, it, it being a creator? Yeah, I mean, even with stuff involving school, I've only dropped one class since I've been here, which is, like, ridiculous. People drop classes all the time. I just, I, I hate quitting things because I, I feel like a loser. I know I'm not a loser, but I'm like, oh, well, like, I mean, I'm dropping classes left and right, even though it's only one. What's next, you know? Just you just get worried that it will snowball into something else, and sometimes it does for some people. I don't know. For me, I just have to keep myself motivated to do something, and I'll be okay. And so it worries me that if I start like dropping the ball on things, then it'll just lead to bigger things being left out of the picture. John, how about you? Do you, do you have issues with that, like Glace is talking, or, or... yeah? Turning, yeah, in, turning into psychology pod, but fuck it, it's our show. <laughs> I mean, I I have, I, I don't I don't worry about it so much now. But even this podcast when it first came on, I used to wonder what people thought and cared about, you know, people listening to it and stuff. But you know, I I, I come out here now, I'm and, and it's not that I ever got any real feedback on it in terms of you know the, the fandom out there, um, but the I just learned that it's not it's not worth being worried about you know i think the best thing well with failure i think the best thing that ever helped me was the fact that you know people are there's going to be a certain segment of people who are always going to reject what you're doing and 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 not to be not to focus on them you know there's mm-hmm. a, there's always an audience for something you're doing it may not be the biggest audience in the world it may not be as grandiose audience as you'd hope for and I'm not talking about this podcast specifically I'm talking about anything mm-hmm. um, but I, I suppose this podcast comes under that heading but at, at the same time too something Stan Lee said years and years ago and I've heard it's been tr- actually somebody else Stan Lee just made you know Stan Lee just said the same thing but you have to be as proud of your biggest failure as you are your greatest accomplishment. Yeah. You, you, you know, and, and, and I truly believe, I mean, I still struggle, I struggle with that concept all the time. Um, failure to me is not something I, I struggle with so much as doing the same shit over and over again. <laughs> you know, once you, once you've mastered something and that's where you're talking about Glacinator, you hate dropping classes and this and that, because you know, you feel like a loser. I feel really lucky in that when I feel like I've reached my peak in something, and this is where I do identify with Notch, when I've reached my peak in something where I've reached my ultimate goals in something, no matter what the outside world thinks, I'm I'm okay with being done with it. You know? I, I mean, and in a couple cases, it's been, dude, you're really doing a lot with that. Why'd you quit? Because I'm done with it. <laughs> it's time for something else. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Well, uh, I I I also tend to think that that's not the last we'll hear of him. Maybe maybe once he has some time to relax and not have to worry about every little thing, he'll be able to recharge his batteries. One Notch is one of those ones I think that that has a better grip on a lot of things than some of the other indie darlings do. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if we don't hear from him in maybe a year or so that he's revigorated and got, you know. Because truth be told, yeah, Minecraft has had the, the critical success, but the world and mechanics that, that he and Rolf originally created in Worm Online, Worm Online were pretty damn impressive. And while the... While what the game asks of you is a lot and not for everybody, it truly is the mo most ultimate what-do-you-want-to-do-today game. You know, Glacinator and I both said a few times that Minecraft is kind of like, you know, a worm online light, and it truly is. But but both of those games have such a unique mechanic, you know, that, that you you will always come back to it. Don't you think that's true, Glace? That's a, a, another hallmark of, ga of games he's been involved in. That, that it's something that you'll never quite quit altogether. Yeah, I mean, it's it's open, truly open world. I mean, like an actual sandbox game. I mean, before Minecraft was, go, oh, it's a sandbox game. Do whatever you want. You can't really do whatever you want. You can go wherever you want, I guess. But honestly, Minecraft and Worm just do whatever the heck you want. Doesn't care if it's doesn't matter if it's good or not. Just do it. You know, the tools are there for you to use. Bend them to your will. It's funny. I get comments from some of my friends in Warm Online that, like, I'll build a building. And as Glacianator can tell you, it, 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 it is heading towards Dragon Age insanity because it takes a lot of time, depending on your skill level, to do some things. And there have been times where I have built something, looked at it for a day or so, said, screw this, exploded it, because you have a method of being able to just poof it, delete it altogether, and do it all over again. Because it's the creation's the thing. Making it look just exactly how, it's, how it is in your head is the thing. You know, I, a lot of times people get tripped up on how much time it takes. I mean, and Glace is right, you know, or Glacinator's, you know, thoughts on, on Worm Online were, were correct. But, I mean, Glacinator built this humongous cathedral in Minecraft. He just had an idea and he went with it. And, and that, to me, is the coolest thing. You know, it allows you that freedom, you know. I mean, how long do you think that, that, that cathedral took you, Glaze, from start to finish? The, the what? The cathedral. You know, the one oh. you built. Uh, probably in-game time, probably like 12 hours. Wow. And it's an awesome building. I mean, that's the thing. It, 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 I, I think at times you have to kind of set worm online and my and minecraft and especially minecraft apart because yes you will invest a lot of time in it at times but the satisfaction you get out of creating things i've never had that that kind of satisfaction in any other kind of video game i've ever played don't you think that's that's true too glace i mean you, you really feel a sense of accomplishment when you pull some crazy idea out of your head and, and then just build it yeah, I mean, especially in survival mode, where you have to get all the resources yourself, you know, come up with the idea, execute it, don't die, don't get blown up building it, don't fall off of building it, finally build it, and then keep it safe, make sure it functions properly. So, I mean, it's, it's a process. It's like bu building something in real life, you know, like, it's why, I guess, guys like fixing cars and building sheds, you know, it's, this, it's the same thing, except on a computer. It does give you that same, as somebody who's done a couple of those things you mentioned, and then some, it does give you that same sense of accomplishment, John, as when mm -hmm. you build something with your hands. Mm -hmm. 
You know, as somebody who, who welds and fabricates and does all that, it, it totally does. But the great thing about it is, <laughs> unlike a job where you're being paid to build something, when it frustrates you, you just walk the hell away. <laughs> and you and you have no internal turmoil about walking the hell away for, for a few hours or a day or whatever. You, you know, there's no deadline. There's no guy saying, hey, I'm going to I agreed to pay you X amount to build this exactly like I wanted it. Build it. You know, to be to, to be quite honest, and I'm not sure I've ever been able to get it phrased this way on the show. I find things like Worm Online and Minecraft therapeutic from my daily life where I'm also at times creating things <laughs> because of that sense of even if you fail, it's just a game. You can do it again. You know, I think the funnest and funniest one in Minecraft, Glacinator may not remember this. Uh, Glacinator and I had had a little server before LFT started. It was just him and I. Um, it was on a box I had around here, and we were just building stuff. And John, do you know what those little diamond-shaped things that are over the Sims heads look like? The mm-hmm. little, it, you know what those are too, Glaze? Yeah, crystal things. Yeah, I built a building that was just like one of those. And Glacinator kept saying, "A text shape. dude, what are you doing? I don't know, just building." <laughs> and it was totally fun to me because I was like, can I build an upside-down pyramid and then put a pyramid on top of it? And it's literally pretty much what I built. It was this odd, oblong-shaped, kind of, kind of you know, Cylon-looking thing. <laughs> you know, and Glacinator had probably the first generation of his waterfall log ride that he now has in his city, or he now has in his house in Glacierton. You know, I mean, it's just... I, I, again, I have some some suspicions about some of Notch's posts, but at the same time, you cannot deny the, what he has given to gaming already. And on top of that, I, I don't think it's going to be the last we'll hear of him. And finally tonight, in the hypocrite department, meaning I'm hypocriting myself because I'm pretty sure I said I'd never mention Cold Taco again on this show, um, but I was just too lazy to look it up on any other site. We have, to me, what is probably the funniest damn thing I've seen all year long as far as gaming. This was at GamersCon, which is in Germany, uh, this week. Uh, I can't even begin to pronounce this guy's first name. Shuyi Yoshida, who is uh, the head of Sony Worldwide Studios, was on a panel with a bunch of other creators, including Name Redacted Number 2, who created Heavy Rain and that other game he's creating, for those of you that have forgotten what who Name Redacted 2 is. Anyways, if you watch this particular video, Name Redacted 2 is yammering on about something, and I don't know, I've learned to tune him out in voice, and it, not just in changing his name. And Yoshida is sound asleep. <laughs> I may, as much as it pains me deeply, to post a link to called taco i may post a link with with the text post of this podcast because isn't this just like the ultimate irony guys that he is asleep when name redacted number two is talking yeah it's pretty freaking hilarious like it's (laughs) i've seen that guy come on the sony press conferences and stuff too i'm pretty sure it's the same guy and yeah, you know he's a, like, he's a he's an important fella, <laughs> and and he's just <laughs> head down to his chest, you know. <laughs> it's great. Uh, what do you think, Glaze? 
Hey, I've fallen asleep before in classes and whatnot, so I've been there. Yeah, but, but, you're, but you're not being streamed to a live television audience, <laughs> you know? I don't know. It's almost the same level of embarrassment when you wake up in an, in an empty 150-seat lecture hall because the instructor quietly got everybody to leave the room. And yes, that happened to me. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, everyone's been there before. So if anything, this will just make more people like him, honestly. I mean, people make will poke fun about it, but... Well, that I mean, you, I, of the comments I'm reading, and it's you're risking severe brain damage reading any comment on this piece of shit site. But the only there's one at the top that says, "Wow, man, this is really disrespectful behavior." There's no excuse for falling asleep during a conference. Shameful. Other than that, it's pretty much people taking it good naturedly. So I, I think you're right, Glacinator. Although somebody made the sarcastic remark, and I can't find the exact comment now. Um, oh, here it is. There goes Sony's chance of locking Quantic Dream as their first party. They might even lose their second party contract. Are they? Are the French easily offended? David Cage be like, you fell asleep, partnership over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Name Redacted 2, and yes, I'm aware I just read his name, but it was a comment. Uh, Name Redacted 2, I think that's what adds a whole other category to his pretentiousness as he's a damn Frenchman. Uh, <laughs> but... I, I, it just, I don't know. In a sense, to me, it, it proves that these guys are ultimately human, just like the rest of us. Because I think one commenter there said jet lag, and I, I kind of tend to agree that's probably what it was. <laughs> but still, ultimately hilarious. I'm, I don't know if it would have been as funny if it had been somebody else speaking, but it was almost like, like, the sarcastic dream come true giving who was speaking would it have been just as humorous if it had been somebody else talking when he did this john (laughs) well it it still would have been comical but in the in the realm of the uh the wonder pot online uh mythos (laughs) it makes it extra special that it's number two Uh, exactly and and i'm thinking that uh, our universe isn't alone in gamerdom with finding this extra hilarious because of who was speaking at the time. I would suspect. Uh, Glace, what do you think? Would it have been just as hilarious had it been like you know somebody from Dice speaking? Oh yeah, for sure. I think anyone falling asleep ever is funny. <laughs> they should be awake. <laughs> Uh, I have to admit it was supremely embarrassing to wake up in a 150-seat lecture hall and find out I'm the only one there. And the saddest part about it, I guess, if you want to call it that, is I just had been up late working on an extremely large project. There was no alcohol involved to blame. It was just literal sleep deprivation, and I'd had no opportunity when I arrived on campus to run by one of the little coffee huts. I just literally had to make it to class, barely made it to class, made it through about 45 minutes of class, and fell asleep. And the the professor, who I was on good terms with, but we were also very sarcastic and, and to each other a lot of times because it was a subject I was fairly good at. And so <laughs> it wasn't like I really was losing much by sleeping through the class. Um was very, very good at getting everybody out of there. But I think I would have probably been less embarrassed if I'd been out to the bar till 3 o'clock in the morning the night before and at least had that to fall back on. But it was literally just sleep deprivation. (laughs) 
And to be honest, I don't I don't know how it works for the rest of you guys. Some of those university and college classrooms, the way they're air conditioned, not in the heat of the summer, but but in the early parts of the summer, it's damn hard to stay awake in them anyway with some of that forced air circulating through <laughs> there. <laughs> so you're always gonna have my love, Yoshida, because of who you did it to. <laughs> Oh, uh, I wonder what. Well, the the better story would be in the follow up we do in future weeks is if Cage did have some kind of virulent reaction to it. So, his well, next game will be about people falling asleep. Well, I mean, really, at press conferences specifically that are all talked at by David Cage. If you think about it, the name of the studio is Quantic Dream. Maybe that's all you was doing. <laughs> he was just promoting the studio. Yes, he was having a quantic dream, which I think is just a <laughs> which is just a corruption of quantum. So he was having a, a rather massive dream, maybe about heavy rain and quick time events. <laughs> Although I don't, yeah, I guess I guess heavy, I guess those were technically quick time events. So there you go. That's enough show for the show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we have a ton of ways you can do that. The first is Facebook. I hear some people still like that, so we'll tell you about it. It's Wonderpot Online, all one word. Send us a friend request. We accept most of them, unless you're an obvious bot. Uh, we have a website. It's where this podcast gets posted. If you've somehow stumbled upon this podcast another way, you can find it again at wonderpotonline.com all one word wonderpotonline.com one of the great things about it being posted there is it has an embedded player so if you don't want to download mp3s you can listen to it on that player leave us a comment tell us you did be nice since it doesn't have a bloody counter bastards if you do like to download so because you're on the go we're at itunes search wonderpod pretty simple if you don't like itunes which we know some people don't we are at archive.org as well once again search wonderpod we have a crap ton of YouTube channels. We have the Waterpot Online YouTube channel. We have the Glacenator YouTube channel. We have the Chris Lloyd Famous YouTube channel. We have my personal YouTube channel. We have 36Wii YouTube channel. So there's plenty of videos you can go through. Nothing too recent, but plenty of stuff to cycle through to find out what kind of maniacs we truly are. Uh, <laughs> we have a Twitter account. It's at Waterpot Online. All one word at Wonderpot Online. Uh, a lot of times it's just links to posts on Wonder, wonderpotonline.com, but occasionally somebody will hop on there and, and chat with people. It happens. Um, if none of that works for you, we have an email address. It's Wonderpot Online. Shit. <laughs> I finally blew it. It's Wonderpod at WonderpodOnline.com. It's Wonderpod at WonderpodOnline.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter if you dare, at O-R-I-G-I-M. Or you can follow John on Twitter. At John Keogh, J-O-N-K-E-H-O-E. Until episode 173, where I'm starting to email streak over again. I'm out of here. See you, people. Cheers. Goodbye.